co-host Carrie McElroy, and you're listening to the How to Publish Your Book podcast, where we are helping writers become authors. And today we're going to talk about all things self-editing. Um, Carrie's like elbows deep in the editing process, and I, I should be elbows deep in the editing process. Yeah. So. Hey, everybody! So Great good topic. to be here. Yes, yes. I'm busy, knee deep, and neck deep in self-editing right now, for sure, for sure. <laughs> How, um, okay, so just with like the process in general, how do you feel about it? It's good. You know, it took me a year to write the book, almost a year, maybe 10 months. And then I put it down for a couple months, get get a break. I know not everyone has to do that, but I really like to do it. By then I'm so like done with it and I can't stand the topic and it's bored and bored with it. So I like to move away and give myself a break. So I came back last summer and started working it through it. And then I hit a wall um, again, so I stopped and started working on other things just to sort of, uh, by then I was exhausted with the process, so I just needed to do other things. So I upped my blogging and wrote, started writing another book and just did some other things. And uh, But this time I'm in it and I'm hitting it really, really hard. And part of what helped was I read a book in the process between then and now, it's called um, Self-Editing for fiction writers, I believe is the name of the title. And it it really helped me kind of understand exactly what I needed to be doing, what was wrong, the things that maybe I didn't know that I need to know about writing a big uh, a non, um, non-fictional creative, creative non-fiction piece, because it's almost like writing fiction. Creative non-fiction is so close, it's narrative style. So I really needed to, I've written a lot of educational stuff, but I didn't really write anything like this before. So it's been helpful. So, so that was a long answer to say it's going well. It's going well. Yeah. <laughs> I like the long answer though. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely, um, um, identify with the feeling of like getting bored. Um, I've always said that I want to be a writer that hires an editor who takes my first draft and then just edits it. And I, I only have to do a story once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and there are those writers out there because I hate, editing with a passion mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's it is it's, it takes so much like energy and fun and create creativity to get the story out and then once it's like time for the second pass I'm like oh, I but I already I already did it like I don't I don't want to do it again <laughs> right and you have to to me it's not even one pass it's like multiple pass and I often will do the same chapter so I'll do a, multiple passes on one chapter you know when I'm looking for filler words that don't need to be there just cutting all the dead stuff out you know I I tend to be too wordy and say too much to say something so I often have to find what's the simpler way to say it I because of being a psychologist and writing educational stuff tend to get too clinical so I will get my, my, it just sounds when you read it out loud, it sounds like you're listening to a doctor talk, not like a person talk. So I have to get rid of that. So I, that's another thing I cut out. And then you have to watch your dialogue tags. I love to put dialogue tags in and I tend to put them with another beat. So I'll say, he said, and he looked this way. No, 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 no. One thing at a time. So I have to like correct all those. So I, so as I'm passing through, I'm like looking at these things one at a time and making those corrections. But the other thing, and this is what I'm doing, especially this time through, is I'm really looking at, because this is a memoir and it's about my emotional experience, am I sharing what's going on? I tend to be, I tend to leave that part out. 
I don't tend to tell you what's going on inside of me. I tell you what's happening. I'm really good at making, uh, doing descriptions, but I'm not really good with my interiority. So this time through, I'm trying to add that in. And it can be subtle. I used to think it had to be like a lot of words, but I can just say nervous, she said, or hesitant, she did. You know, I don't have to like get in lots of it, but and then I need to add, because again, it's a memoir, I need to add reflection. So I have to go in and make an observation about things. Now, as a narrator, knowing things that I didn't know at the moment. So mm -hmm. it, it is kind of like, I have to kind of look at it like multiple, like going deeper and deeper and deeper. And you're right, it does get, it is wearing. I mean, it's a, I, I've had to approach this with a lot of energy. You know, like what, what I was doing before was I was trying to blog and I was trying to keep up with social media blasts and I was, and we're launching this and, you know, other, I was taking a lot of classes and then I, on top of it was editing this book and it was, I, I just felt like I was spread too thin. So this time I made a concerted effort and said, you know what, I'm just going to do a couple things and I'm just going to really focus on those couple things and, and I'm going to keep this short and intense. So it's helped. It's helped me get past that feeling of, because before, in fact, somebody kind of challenged me. Before I would say, oh, six weeks. And I'll say, oh, another six weeks. Oh, it's another six weeks. This time it's like, <laughs> no, it really is going to be an eight-week swath, and then I'm done. And yeah. I'm, you know, it's been a month in. I'm halfway done. I can do this in four more weeks. So, yeah, it feels, this feels doable because I've put, because I've, like, reserved so much space and energy for it. Okay, so it's funny because you, you said a lot, but the one thing that stuck out to me, um, you said dialogue tags. You shouldn't say he said like as he turned his head or whatever. You said you were editing, editing that. Why are you changing those? Well, for one, oftentimes you don't need them. There are You'll see pieces that will say, um, what are you doing over there, she said. I'm getting the dog, he said. Why are you getting a dog, she said, because it needs to come inside, inside, he said. Well, there's only two people talking, and we can we can infer who's talking. We don't need okay. every single one of those. I see what you're saying now. I thought the what you were saying was the error was he said as he blah, 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 did this or whatever. No, I am a firm believer in using as few tags as possible yeah your readers is not dumb <laughs> you know, no like, no no if they're in a crowd out. yeah if there are multiple people in the room and they're all talking then you're going to have to tell you who's talking but whenever you don't need to get rid of them i the other thing i learned and i i heard um claire referenced this in her conversation was beats there's conversational mm -hmm. beats and so uh like to, he, so sometimes you'll use he said or she said as a beat in order like you you give the first piece it's a lot, there's a pause, so you add he says, that gives you the pause, and then you add the back. But you can also add a, a, an action, like he looked up, or he looked away, or he, so, but you don't want to add too many beats in there because it's, it's, it's distracting. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want to say he said and then looked away. You wouldn't normally just say he looked away, and then you'd say the next part. So I'm yeah. trying to keep it tight, concise. That's, and that's, honestly, I don't know what your biggest error is when you're editing. I would love to hear what you see that you tend to do that you have to correct. But for me, I tend to, um, I tend to use a lot of filler words I don't need to. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I, there's many times I'm, I'm just, I just did a chapter that was like over 3,300 words long. And by the time I got finished editing it, it was 
2,500 words, you know, so. Um, I think my biggest struggle, I mean, I, I do that a lot. I use filler words. Um, I really catch myself saying like that and just, um, or very something when they could just be something, um, you know, uh, but my biggest struggle, I think as a writer is, um, keeping the right tense. Um, I, I will slip. I tend to write everything in past tense, but that doesn't necessarily always work. So if I'm supposed to be writing something in present tense, I will catch myself sliding back into past tense. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that's pretty difficult for me, which is one of the reasons I wanted a line editor for the books coming out. Um, was because I know that that was something that I just, I struggle with. And I don't see it when I read it back. I don't see it very well. So that's kind of the problem. Yeah, it is hard. I wrote one book in present tense. And it was present, first, first person present. And this one is first person past. But that means every time there's something happening in the moment, you have to move into present tense. Or any time that the person's thinking inside their head has to be present tense. And, and then there's even past in the past. So you can be in the past and reference the, a past beyond that. And that gets really tricky, too, whether or not you're referencing it correctly out. Yeah, it, it you know, it's harder than we think it is. I, I think most people think those types of things are simple and they're, yeah, they, they're tricky. They get really <laughs> tricky. Yeah. Yeah. So when you started to sit down to like edit this book, did you, do you have like a checklist? Do you, are you looking for specific things? Like, how did you know? Um, Cause I guess my self editing process is just reading it and like, I don't, I'm not and see what my eye catches, but it makes me wonder if it would be more effective if I had like a checklist where I was looking for specific things. Well, it's interesting because it's what I use in fact, it's right here. What I use is this, it, it's, it's called self-editing for fiction writers. And he, mm -hmm. and they actually uh, approach it in kind of a, there is sort of a way that you do it. You know, you, ch you make sure you check your point of view and you make sure your dialogues are handled correctly and you make sure you're doing your monologues right and that you make sure that you're doing your beats correctly. So it does have sort of like a checklist that you go through. Um, I, you know, I don't, I'm not that formal that I, I don't necessarily say, I know people who take a, a piece and then they run through it like five times or eight times and they each time is one specific mechanical issue, period. Eh, no, I don't really want to run through it that many times. Um, so, no. So I tend to try to think of all of it at the same time. I try to like look, at, I try to take each sentence at a time, just one sentence at a time and say, is this working? You know, everything around it, could it be combined and say, could I, you know, use more um, concise wording here and get rid of this extra sentences? Like I just was working on a chapter and there was three sentences of the description of a city and I narrowed it down to one. I didn't need all three to say that, you know? Right. So. That makes sense. I've always heard um, both when I was in college and just being out in the self-publishing world, it's um, three passes you're you should always do three passes and it's like one pass um and I've actually heard that it, you should do two passes send it to an editor and then do your last pass and but um there was I can't remember the saying my brain's all over the place but it's like one 
pass to like get it out on the page. And then one draft, you know, make sure you're um, saying it, you know, saying what you mean. And then the third one is to make sure you're, you're saying what you mean well or something, you know, and it's basically just to make it progressively better. Um, so you're on your what pass? Second, well, third? I'm asking me how many passes have I made? Well, I've done this before. So this isn't the first time I've self-published. Um, but I've not self-published something this big. I mean, this started out 115,000 words. This is a more serious pass, more, I, I have, I feel better prepared this time. I will, it's also at the same time being read by an alpha reader. So the okay. minute I get a chapter done, somebody's reading it behind me and gives me comments and picks up some errors. So, and then I make those corrections. So normally I would send it to the Vader, send it to the editor and I would then, um, make those corrections. Then I would send it to beta readers and then make those corrections. And then I would um, get it prepared to be published. It comes back as, because I do both. I do digital and a paperback version. Right. So it comes back, I will order an author proof, a proof book, copy of it. And I, I act as my own proofreader. And I've had no problem being my own proofreader. I don't, I don't find, I, I mean, it's, it's very technical. I mean, it's like making sure the chapters all are in the exact same spot in every chapter and the numbers line up every spot and every spot, you know, you just make sure everything like, you know, looks consistent and there's no elf or orphans and widows and all these things that you look for at a practical level. But then I also reread it again and I make, I find the errors and I correct those and I make the changes and then I publish. So I usually make, mm, I mean, if you count the adjustments after each read, I don't know if you really want to count that or not, but I'm, I myself make two, like three serious, three to four serious passes through it. But I also am going back and making corrections. Everybody else suggests. So it's probably been looked at maybe six or seven times before it's published. That's crazy. That's a lot. I mean, but it's I'm, not crazy, but it, it is just a lot. It's a lot, but I'm a bit, I'm a perfectionist, you know, so it's really important to me. And, um, and, and I usually don't hear about errors. You know, I don't, I don't usually get many comments of people finding errors in it, but that's, it doesn't need to be that way, but that's something that I have a value. I, I value that. So, yeah, I feel like it's kind of up to everybody. What just like what the writing process is and the creative process is, how extensive, um, the editing process is, is kind of up to every person as well. Yeah. You know, um, like you're mentioning alpha readers and beta readers and I, I don't have any of those. I don't have, um, you know, eventually I would like to have some, like a beta reader team, but it's just, I don't have it right now. And I want to move this faster than I'm like, I'm not willing to take time to find beta readers before, um, I publish this book. Like I've had, I have an editor of you that will read it for me. So I guess you'll be my beta reader, right, but like, right. um, you know, I don't have like people that I'm like passing it to all the time. Right. And I think that's just, it's individualized. It's, exactly. it's what you exactly. think and you need and what you're comfortable with. Right. I've never used an alpha reader before. And I really like it because what happened, what, so there's reasons I'm doing all this extra stuff is because it's about my story. And I make, I act in the story in a way that the strong women wouldn't. And I'm surrounded by a lot of strong women. I've been getting a lot of pushback about why I did what I did, why I stayed as long and what was going on. So there, and I even heard from my editor who saw a little bit of it. So she said she didn't like me. So 
I feel really invested in the fact that I need to put in more why I did what I did. And, and, and it's, that's hard because that, you have to really like sit and think about what was going on. And, you know, when you're creating a fictional character, you can, you can, you can fix that, right? If you realize that something's wrong and they're not likable, you just fix that. Well, this happened and I have to stay true to what happened. I can't you just gotta fix you. <laughs> I can't suddenly do something different that I didn't do that maybe would make everybody like it better. I have to stay true to the story. So that means I have to do a better job explaining why I did what I did. So yeah. that's why I, this is taking so much work. Speaking of beta readers, though, they're easy to find. Um, they are easy to find to like an extent. Um, I just, yeah, I have a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> like I've done, I know. I've done it before, and I'll tell you, I had a lot of reservations because you're you're including your fans. Your fans often are well the ones who want to read it first. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't for sure that how much value they can add, you know, because they're not, most of them are not writers. But in the group, I found out, believe it or not, that a lot of them are more trained with English than I thought. And yeah. they were catching things. That, one was a teacher. I didn't know she was, she was, she wasn't working. So I didn't know that, but she was actually a teacher. And I've gotten some, I mean, I've, I've found some big errors, like, like things that were, that didn't work, that I didn't recognize it. And then they caught it and let me know, like, oh, you know, so it's been, I've, I've found it incredibly beneficial to use people, you know, but I got to cap it because there's a lot of people who would love to do that because it's a free, free access to the work really fast. But mm -hmm. um, yeah. Well, I think part of my disconnect is I think it would be really easy to find beta readers for my nonfiction stuff and like my memoir and stuff, because that's my mailing list is built up of people who know yeah. me from blogging. Right. But it's going to be a little bit harder to find people on my mailing list that want to read a, a young adult zombie series, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is, you know, kind of what I'm working on now. Um, and which is weird because I'm really going through this in my editing process. I'm, I'm very much stalled and feel very stagnant and I am almost feeling like I want to put it in a drawer again and start working on my memoir, which is, I can't tell if that's, just the direction of where I'm my like my growth and like where I'm going or if it's me having um shiny new idea syndrome <laughs> I can't mm -hmm. tell the difference right now so I'm just kind of I'm stuck and I I definitely admire you because you definitely you know picked your timeline and your project and you're going for it and you're you know basically you know laser focused on this and I am having a really hard time just like drumming up the desire to edit my work so that it can be published and I haven't quite pinpoint pinpointed why that mm -hmm. is yet well that was gonna be my question was why I, I know for me I just got really discouraged when I got that negative feedback I it hit me hard I mean one it's my story good grief and have someone say I don't like you you seem really pathetic Ooh. yeah no now grant if this was if this had been about if this had been a fictional piece and they said, I really don't like the protagonist. She's awfully weak. I like, ah, okay. Got to fix that. But we're talking about something you. deeply personal and it was highly traumatic. So that, that, so yeah, that was a, that was very, very painful. And I, the good thing was I know my editor super, super well. I've worked with her before. 
I have an enormous level of trust. I know she doesn't say these things because she's a cruel person. She just wants the best possible peace. But it did it did rock me back. And so I wondered, do you think that's played a role for you or not really? Um, yeah, honestly, probably. When I handed it off um, the first book to um, my editor, the feedback I got was it wasn't like mean or anything but it was very much like okay it's really slow it needs to move faster you're taking too much time introducing people because it's multiple povs and so basically it's like it's a short 12 chapter novella and you need to rewrite six chapters <laughs> so and then it was and then it's that okay so i wrote the rough draft of like six of them all at once. Um, I think it's actually seven. But um, so that means that I have to re like I have to move my timeline up of when things are happening, which means that that affects every book that's already been written. Right. So e either that or I have to make up some different stuff to happen and then, you know, readjust. But to me, it almost sounds like starting over, and that was really, really, really frustrating. Um, it, it is like I need to rewrite a new outline for the first book, rewrite the first book, and then go and, like, it basically move yeah. and things around in all the other books. And right. so that was kind of heartbreaking, I guess. Yeah, so. you know, I, I got someone else told me that if I wanted to turn this into fiction, I need to rewrite the whole entire thing from third person. Yeah. I mean, and I had the same reaction as you did. It's like, hell no, I'm not doing that. I mean, it's like, you're talking and I, I said, you realize you're telling me another year. And they're like, mm -hmm. yeah, I know. I don't have another year in me and to spend on this project. I mean, I don't know. I, I think you, I think every single one of us hits that point where it's like, unless you're, you know, you're writing tons and tons of books, when you've put six months, a year into one project, like at some point you're done, like yeah. you're done, even if the project isn't done. And so you're, it, it becomes more of like a, I don't know, a lot harder to work on something because at that point, like you feel like you should have finished it already and you're ready to move on to what's next. Right. So what what has helped me though was I had written my very first book ever was um I spent a year writing it and I sent it to an editor and he came back and said it was awful. And I threw out 60% of it and rewrote it and I did it I was mad. Now there's where I got the energy. I was pissed. So I rewrote it in a month. I did it in a month. Separated it into two books, sent it back to him. So but yeah, I mean, I remember for two days, I walked around the house bawling and throwing a hissy fit because a year, a year of time had gone and I'm going to throw out over half of a year. So yeah, I, yeah. And that's how I felt about this project too. So I, I hear you. I think for me, I mean, taking time, I think maybe you should shelve it because what I did was by shelving it for me and saying, okay, I'm done for now. Maybe I'll never do it. I don't know. And then I had, it allowed me to give me enough space to think how much did I like that project? How much did it mean to me? Did I, yeah. did I have enough energy for it again to hit it again? And then I thought, yeah, I actually, I, yeah, I do. I want this out. This is important. So 
it took it took me hitting that crisis of evaluate saying to myself you don't have to finish this there's nothing telling you that you have to do this yeah i think i think that's kind of where i've been like i've had the book back from the editor for probably a month now and i went through and read some of the edits and then kind of talked to him about it and then was just like okay we'll get it on the schedule but I never did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and granted, I, there's a lot going on with, you know, my moving and our businesses and all these different things. But I feel like if if the burning passion was there, like I would find the time. I'm really good at finding the time for the things I want to do. Right, 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 right. So I'm just, yeah. And I did. I wrote, you know, the whole outline to uh, my memoir and was like working on that. And that is kind of so that's why I can't figure out if it's like shiny new idea syndrome or if it's really like I need to put this away for a while and revisit it, you know, in six months or whatever. I just can't because I'm I have like project ADD, well, I regular ADD, but I have project ADD really bad where I'm like I will be working on something and be super into it and super hyper focused and then I'm just like nope something else Mm -hmm. so I just got to make sure that it's not me just jumping around to jump around basically well I think but ask yourself this if you forced yourself back into it would you produce quality work or would it show that you're doing something you don't like and don't want to be doing I guess I don't really know um I think, honestly, I think I'm just avoiding it because of the overwhelm. It's really easy for me to get overwhelmed when there's a hundred things to do on my to-do list, which is why I tend to just keep, like, three or four. Um, and knowing that it's, like, re-outlining the whole series, that's daunting in and of itself. It's a 20-series novella, or a 20, you know, and there's 20 yeah, novels 20 in the series. Right, right. Yeah. But so that's, you- like, super daunting. But I, one thing I would, and I know you're not looking for advice, but one thing I would take away from this, honestly, I would I would not outline all 20. I would right. outline maybe that one and then know where you're going to go with the next one, get done with the first one, make sure that that works. And then when you know it works, then outline the next, then make sure it works, then outline the next. That's what I would do because you're right. It's it's too big of an arc, you know? Yeah. And you throw, it's like, it reminds me, I was watching For All Mankind. They were talking about, well, you're heading to the moon and you're off like one degree. That's miles off by the time you hit the moon, you know? So that's too, to me, that's too far of an arc to try to push out to know that you're going to successfully hit it. So that, that, maybe that's a more, you know, we talked last podcast about baby steps. To me, that's how yeah. I would chunk it, you know? I think I need to. I know how I want it to end. Like, I have the ending scene very, you know, vividly in my head. And then there's a couple of points along the way where I'm like, okay, you know, I know about midway, you know, book 10, I want this to happen. So having that, like, knowing where I'm going, you're probably right that it's not a big deal to just step aside and be like, okay, I'm only outlining and writing and editing book one right now. And then we'll move on, you know. Yeah, instead because of I doing think, the full series. Yeah, because I think those big places, those are easier to hit. I mean, you, you know where you want the midpoint. That's not that hard to get to the midpoint. It's not that hard to get to the ending. But to have it all laid out, because I know how detailed you are, yeah, that's a big adjustment. <laughs> that's a big adjustment, you know. Here, and I don't outline. That's what I do. I just don't outline. 
So, you know, I allow things to kind of happen when they're happening, but that, <laughs> that can create another problem. I mean, I can end up having things not move or move too fast or all sorts of stuff. So, yeah, I always ended up when I didn't outline, I always ended up either having characters that just sat around and talked or, um, I would write myself into a corner. Mm-hmm. So I'd write my, you know, this character would be doing something and then it's like, wait a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense. How are they getting out of this? You right. know? And so. it's not that I don't have an idea in my head. I do know where I want it to end. I do know what generally is going to happen. I just don't plan every section of it, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you gave yourself a goal. So you said, you know, this is probably, you know, I think you said third pass, but the sixth time somebody else, at least there's been eyes on the piece. So you're finishing up this pass and then you're sending it to your editor well, or to yeah, a beta no, reader? The, or? the editor can't get to it till June. So okay. I'm going to go beta readers first. So mm-hmm. they'll get it by May. And then I will give them a month. Um, I'll have very specific questions. It's usually plot questions that I'll want to know, um, what they think and feel, and plus just any reactions and any anything they see wrong in it. Um, I'll get that back, make those changes, and I'll send it to the editor in June. She'll she'll get back to it pretty – I bet you'll be back to me by July. Yeah. I'll make those checks, uh, those corrections again, and then, then I'll start preparing the book to be published. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's a whole other process, you know, when you get there. And then cover and all sorts of stuff has to happen. That's the fun stuff to me, though. It's like the the outlining and the creating the ideas and writing the book are fun. And then getting it finalized and ready to publish is fun. It's just that middle part that's just not so fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, I get antsy. I'd like to... So there's a process even launching a book. You don't want to get like get ahead of yourself. You want to mm-hmm. get reviews and all these things you have to do ahead. And I'm like, let's just go. Let's just go. And they're like, no, no. <laughs> What else? Let on. So, I mean, so I know that maybe July, but it it probably won't be out to the public by September, November, probably, really. So. See, that's why I like um, what I like about blogging um, versus writing a book, because I'm like instant gratification. So, like, I write a blog post <laughs> and I post it. And within an hour, I pretty much know if it's going to do decent or not. And, like, that's that's about as much attention I have to <laughs> to give. <laughs> Yeah, so. yeah, no, I, I, I'm like, well, there's a dopamine rush. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. There is, there's yeah. a, there's that immediate feedback, and the TikTok's doing the same. You know, you get that. It's like you can tell when something's gonna, something starts to happen, and you can tell on what blogging when something starts to happen. So yeah, this is more of a long. You have to have a long view on this one, really long view. But you know, I find it really gratifying, honestly. I mean, there's something about having a, a, a good sized book with your name on it out is wow and you've done it I mean you've self-published something and so you know yeah good it's it I have um in fact the story that I'm working on now I self-published in like 2015 as a novel and um it just it never took off and I I think that um you know there was a lot that I know now that I didn't know then Mm -hmm. um but it definitely like um it does it feels really really good and for like a second and then you know when well I will give it like for like four days because like everybody on my Facebook bought it and all those different things and then it was like where are the other readers but I didn't have that launch plan you know I didn't have all these things that you know the knowledge that I have now 
So it, you know, it didn't really go anywhere. Right. And and then it was like, okay, what now? Well, what right. now should have been finishing the touches on book two to rapid release that after yeah. the first book, but I hadn't even started book two. So, you know, right, right. It was, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, this is, there's not a sequel to this book. I mean, I am thinking about writing a, a clinical uh, formulation to my thoughts about what happened and then dissect it, but I, I'm not already on that. But I do have another manuscript of a memoir of my first marriage, and I could pull that out and start really seriously editing it get it ready it won't be a rapidly release like a month later i can't pull it off that quickly well, but i could certainly follow up with you want to know what happened before this you want to know how i got here this is how that happened so. yeah but you're in a you're in a genre where people don't write serial series of memoirs you know they write memoirs for very specific reasons and um you know, it's it's different than writing just general fiction or genre fiction. Um, you know, because those those are normally series. They're gonna do well off of you know the first book, second, third, you know, all that stuff. So it's it's rapid releasing is not a thing for memoirs. So I think you'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on top of it, you know, the good thing is I've been blogging pretty much from personal story, uh, creative nonfiction. So people know what to expect from me, and and that's helped me be motivated to do this is that there was a, a, a pretty big reaction of, we want to read this. We've heard mm -hmm. about this. We want to hear the whole story. So it's nice to know that there's interest. Um, yeah. Your whole audience is actually built to read this book. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Like in that, and that is really smart and I'm excited to kind of watch it play out. Mm -hmm. um, Cause that's kind of the model of what I want to do with my memoir. I'm following in your footsteps, basically. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see if it works. I, I feel I, I, I have some trepidation about it. Um, I, I think the book launch, this part I know pretty well. I know the editing that I have that down. I feel very practiced at it. But to do a good launch, that's that's a whole. I mean, that's what you and I have talked about. How why we even think how to publish your book is so uh, such an important community is because there's so many pieces to this and you have to be like masters at every single piece. You got to learn how to be a really good at branding yourself. You have to be really good at social media. You have to be really good at the writing and you have to be a really good at putting the book together. And, and now you got to be good at marketing. I mean, so that's marketing for me has always been, I'm getting better because it means getting in front of people and say, buy my book. And, I'm getting better at getting in front of people, but the by my book part, that feels still, how do you do yeah. that in a likable, hearable, attractive way? Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, it's, it's interesting because it used to just be uh, a bunch of newsletter swaps and giving away the first book in a series free. And now it's, I mean, there are people who are, you know, the author that I love on TikTok comes to mind. She posts unrelated videos of her sleepwalking and people are buying her books so really now it's just like do they like you because if they like you enough then right, right. You know, they'll spend the five bucks to buy your right. book did so. you see what she just did today or the last couple days i saw that you said she launched a, a makeup line i haven't looked at it yet yeah what it was called uh, uh like ditch your shit or something like that and it's all like <laughs> toilet do stuff oh it's so funny <laughs> and she sold out she all of her yeah. palettes are gone I mean it, but you know in that tiktok she also showed her books I write books these are the few of my books and no 
oh, I've yeah. got this. You know, it was so cute. It was really, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it is you. You are the brand. And so that's why we say right from the beginning, you got to be doing these things because you can't do, like what I did in the first time was a mistake. Can't write in isolation and think you're going to have anyone who wants to buy. There will mm-hmm. be no one out there who will give a rat's ass about what you did. So you have to do it. You have to do it collectively all at the same time. So, yeah, um, it's yeah. really true. But um, I'm really excited because that's, um, you know, she can do it. I always say if somebody can do it, then I can also do it, you know. Right, right, so, right, right. Yeah, and we've seen that the power of that. Yeah, we've really seen the power of that. I mean, uh, you know, I think what really <laughs> what helped make me convince me was to have someone say, oh, this is what's wrong with your TikToks. I go and change it, and literally the very next one that I do is I think now sitting almost at four hundred thousand views. So yeah, I mean that's insane. But that but that means there's it's it's there's a way. It's it's achievable. It's not like for the mysterious few, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, and that's how I feel like you know a lot of writers look at medium that way. They look at self publishing that way. And yeah. if it was just for the mysterious few then I wouldn't be wasting my time because I don't have time to, you know, to just be like, oh, maybe if something's a lottery ticket type situation, like I'm, I'm not a gambler, like I'm not into it, you know, but, um, all of these things that we talk about, you know, when it comes to social media and self-publishing and podcasting, even it's not a lottery ticket thing. It's doing the work and learning about it first, you know, and it's achievable by anybody. You don't have to be, you know, Right. Jenna Marbles or whoever. Right. So. And you know, one of my biggest, biggest things that I do for self-editing that is a huge, I didn't used to do it before and boy, boy I, I do it now. Like I do it a lot. And that is read aloud, correct? And then read aloud. And you'll be amazed at the things that you'll hear yourself say in a better way than you were, than you'd written it. And you yep. won't catch that way you wrote it was clunky or you'll catch that you're doing too many big technical words and that you're stumbling. Nobody could read it that way. There's a book that I read. It was an awesome book. I can't remember the name of it. I could tell the author never read it aloud. Mm-hmm. I was reading it aloud to my son when he was sick and I loved the storyline. That's why I kept with it. But it was atrocious to read aloud. I mean, I don't even know how it got turned into an audio audio book because it was so clumsy, you know. <laughs> but um, but that's to me one of the big secret secrets. I know you say that, and I I it's not a to me. I don't think it's a secret, but I really do think it is. A lot of people just find it uncomfortable. I read. That's part of my blogging um, yeah. editing process. Is you know putting it in Grammarly. And then reading it aloud and then, you know, publishing it. Because I do find stuff all the time where I'll skim over it with my eyes and I'm like, oh, that's great. And then you read it out loud and you're like, ooh, that sounds <laughs> terrible. But if you if you have an issue and you don't want to read your book aloud, I would at least say read the dialogue. Yeah. Because you can tell in a, when you're watching a TV show that something wasn't written very well or the writing doesn't flow. Um, you can tell, like, um, on a TV show, you know, if something doesn't feel right, you hear it in the dialogue. And a lot of people struggle with writing realistic dialogue in fiction. So I would just say if you're not going to read the whole book out loud, at least read your dialogue. There is another way you can do it, and that is to turn on um, – there's some apps that will often will turn on dictation and read it back to you. Oh, you can do that with any Word document on a Mac. Yeah. I don't know about a PC, but right. you can have them read it back. I – 
have my phone read me mm-hmm. um, books sometimes if I don't have the audiobook version, but I want to keep reading and do stuff. Now, it doesn't sound the best. Right, right. <laughs> it's very, it's very surrey, but, um, you know, uh, it definitely works. So. Yeah, exactly. So you don't have to read it, but you can listen to it. But I do think listening to it is pivotal, pivotal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Return. Yeah. Well, on that note, I think that that's actually a pretty good little uh, bit of advice. But um, what would you say to somebody who's struggling to self-edit their book besides read it out loud? I would say find a writing community to sit with to be able to help encourage you, strengthen, and give you some pointers, maybe act as uh, beta readers or alpha readers for you. Um you know, and and maybe read aloud in the group together. I mean, I think all of that is super, super helpful. That's really good advice, and we actually happen to have one. Um, <laughs> if you guys are looking for a writing community, you can find the link down below in the show notes um, to our Discord community, which is a pretty great place to be. Um, I would say if you're struggling too much, um, put it away. Not for like a month or a year or anything like that, but I would just say like even just like an afternoon and really think about your story or why you're struggling. Um, because there may be, that may be the first sign that something's not working in your piece. And, um, by ignoring that, you know, struggle, um, you might have to dissect a problem later on or pay a bunch of editors to dissect that problem for you later on. So I would say if there's, um, if you feel like you're up against a wall, um, put the actual manuscript away and just kind of think through your story and that should help. We have another opportunity for people too. I think I know what you're talking about, but I'll let you take (laughs) it away. (laughs) Well, we have, we have two um, retreats that we're going to be hosting. One is early October and the other one is early February in the Caribbean, the uh, Riviera Maya area of Mexico, Playa del Carmen specifically. We'll be staying only five blocks from the ocean, only two blocks from um, the famous Quinta Avenida, which is our famous Fifth Avenue, which is a really wonderful pedestrian walking mall. But it will be a small group of seven to 14 writers. So there will be um, intimacy built in to where we can encourage each other get feedback from each other, learn from each other, and network for five days. So uh, if you'd like to learn about that, we can put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, um, so this is something that I'm extremely excited about, not just because I haven't been to a writer's retreat or to Mexico, but um, I'm excited about uh, giving people an opportunity to get out of their normal home office environment and kind of network with people, but also to be able to grow and bounce ideas off of one another. Um, I think it's almost like a little, like a little hive mind, like a little mastermind. Um, and I'm excited to kind of help where needed. I'm, uh, we're going to be offering coaching and all different things. Um, Karen and I will both be there. Um, and basically, um, you know, around to help you guys through anything. And we're definitely going to talk about, you know, social media and marketing as well as have dedicated writing time. Right. right. And it's a beautiful location. You'll be able to take your laptop down to the beach and sit and write there if you want to. There's also two pools up on the rooftop with a view of the ocean. You'll be able to sit at and write as well. So you've got a very gorgeous environment 
will provide uh, most of the food as well. So there'll be meals being brought in. So yeah, it'll be a really great opportunity to have quiet, but also to be able to interact and learn from each other, to spur each other on. So I'm super excited <laughs> about this as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But like Carrie said, it is um, set up to be a very small group. So if it's something that you're interested in, don't hesitate and click the link in the show notes below. Right, exactly. All right, guys. Well, I'm really excited. Hopefully this gives me the passion to dig back into something <laughs> to get some writing done. <laughs> but um, I'm really glad that we got to talk to you guys today. And if you're struggling with editing or writing or have any questions, don't hesitate to leave us a comment below or to hit up hit us up on social media. Exactly. We're pretty much everywhere. <laughs> right, exactly. Yep. All right, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>